Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm here with Josh for our late mail show. Josh, uh, mate, Origin three, uh, pretty big game to be honest. Um, one of the one of the better competitions. Um, how do you see it? It was a sad day to be a New South Wales supporter. I think Fair is enough. the way I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just. I'm not sure why Talakai was playing in the second row when he's not in the top three second rowers for the Sharks. Um, you know, a few question marks from Freddie. Some some random loyalty showed. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this series, see if he keeps his job for next series. I would bet on the no side. Yeah, there's so many comments. Um, if, you're, if you're going through Twitter um, last night after the game... Um, yeah, plenty of comments about some of the players and some of the choices from Fitlove, but <laughs> I mean, there's not some much you can experts say. Experts on the internet to give Freddie some pointers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, obviously, leaving White now after his just incredible game one was a bit questionable at first, but I mean, you can't really you can't really get mad too much at some of the selections, to be honest. Like Stephen Crichton with you know no turbo and. Um, no, Latrell kind of makes sense because he's one of the most informed centers at the moment. But Talakai, yeah, you're right. Talakai, he got hooked so quickly. <laughs> it only took a try and a couple of errors and he was gone. Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Anyway, enough said about Origin. Um, so we don't dwell on that um, sadness. Let's move on to this week's game. So uh, a little bit of late mail for the Friday night game. So for the Cowboys and the Sharks, Dean is out after his origin debut. So he's replacing the halves by Hampton for the Cowboys. And for the Sharks, Talakai is named on the bench. Um, should still be pretty fresh, I reckon. Um, for the Eels and Warriors game, Paolo is set to back up and is still named to start. And for the Warriors, there hasn't been any changes. Uh, for the other games for the weekend as well, so for Cam Murray, Lindsay Collins and Selwyn Cobbo, they're obviously ruled out after their head knocks from origin. Uh, and also Harry Grant um, is most likely going to back up um, after he sustained a cork in origin as well. Uh, that's all the late mail so far. There will probably be other stuff that comes through for the likes of, you know, Tedesco, Ponga, um, other players like Carrigan uh, in the front row there. So uh, we'll see how it kind of pans out 24 hours before each game, but most likely just based on how Origin went, a lot of players are probably going to be rested, I'd imagine, this weekend. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, most of those Origin players, you think you get rested. Guys like Carrigan, I wouldn't count on them you know, being a late inclusion in. Um, the only other thing I'd add, I think Tom Chester, his name, new uh, guys debuting for the Cowboys. Don't know much about him, but there was a cute little video, you know, when they present the jersey to him. So uh, probably not even one to watch, but just, you know, an FYI, something interesting. Maybe one to kind of have in the, the black book for next year. Yeah, I'd imagine that as soon as Cotter comes back in this squad, uh, squad, Chester probably won't be there. But I think another cheapie that actually looks kind of enticing is um, Sasefa Fafida for the Titans, uh, being named on the wing. He was kind of tipped to be one of those um, breakout young guns um, this year for the Titans. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays uh, on a wing there. I don't have too much expectation from him for him just because the Titans this year just it just hasn't come together for them, unfortunately. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, just a breakout star, but I 
am hopeful that he has a few tackle busts, a few good runs, and makes a good debut. Yeah, I agree. I think he is probably the best option to go if you're really trying to downgrade this week to a 220. Uh, you can... I was actually looking into him a bit last night. He's got one of those videos on YouTube where he's, you know, like stepping all these people and running the length of the field in schoolboys comps, which was quite fun to watch. And I think, yeah, he's being tipped by, you know, Wacko's Whispers and some of these other people as like one of these big brand out, these big breakout candidates for this week, for this year. Yeah, I don't mind that play of, if you're looking for somebody like super cheap this week, he's probably your best option. Yeah, there's another one at basement price as well that I had my eye on. Um, Justin Matamua at the Tigers had a had a bit of a sketchy game last week. Um, got sin binned and pretty much um cost his team. Um, well, not cost his team. The Tigers weren't looking like winning really, but um, it was definitely a turning point in the game. Um, for the Tigers, so. Uh, the fact that he's been named to start in the second row again this week is very interesting, and Garn has been pushed to the bench. So uh, he, there's a possibility he holds that spot, but uh, form his um, needs to be on his side to to keep that spot for the rest of the season. So we'll see what happens this week uh, against the Panthers. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, a good cheapy in the second row to finish the season. But, uh, yeah, you'd have to just probably have to give him another week because he only played 22 minutes. Uh, last week. So, yeah, if you can get closer to that 80-minute mark, that'd be great. I mean, his stats without the sin bin, like if you take away the sin bin, um, for 22 minutes, he would have been on a score of 21. So, you know, running at a point a minute is, you know, pretty handy. But he was playing at lock, not on an edge. Uh, Righto. Um, let's move on to just some other stuff I wanted to run past you for this weekend. So I wanted to get your opinion on pods coming into the last few rounds, last few rounds. I mean, there's about 10 rounds to go, but the run home, what kind of pods are you looking at? I think a lot of my pods that I'm looking at are in that mid edge position. Um, kind of one or two guys that I'm Quite interested in Olquatu has been killing it for Manly. Is uh, not very heavily owned, and I think it just could be a really good point of difference for that for that last like um, few games. He has the the potential to you know break out a big score, four point eight percent owned, and yeah has has these games over the last stretch of. You know, scoring a try and breaking that that sixty mark. He's got an eighty nine against the Tigers in round fourteen. Um, he's probably one that I'm pretty interested on. The only problem is he's his price probably reflects um, how good he's been playing. Yeah, absolutely. So you might have to fork out a little bit for him, but could be a real point of difference player and also a really good one if you're looking just for head-to-heads, I think, as well. It's been pretty consistent. Um, I'm also keeping an eye on David Fafida. I'm not sure what his ownership is at the moment. Surely it can't be high. Surely it can't yeah. be very high. Actually, 7.5%, surprisingly high, considering he's been out for, like, the last, or intermittently for, like, the last 10 rounds. You would have to assume that some of those percent of people who've made the team made their teams round one and haven't changed them <laughs> um so i think out of the top 
yeah, a couple thousand. It's probably not very highly owned. And we know historically he can hit those 70-plus scores. He's back to 80 minutes, hopefully, on the edge for the Titans. Actually, the good thing about Fafida, before you go on, um, his break-even 74. So even if he goes big this week, his price won't change drastically. So a uh, good week to kind of see him in, see if he gets 80 minutes and, you know, see what his kind of score looks like. So, yeah, definitely a pod to watch. They're kind of my top two that I'm, I'm looking at at the moment. And then I guess one last one that I'm kind of considering, getting player of the series in origin, Paddy Carrigan has been unreal. He's pretty, uh, pretty low owned. He doesn't have anything buy related or origin related now that should uh, stop him from pumping out big minutes for the Broncos. I'm not sure, as I was saying, if he was going to play this weekend, but from this weekend onwards, he should be pretty consistent and someone who's not very highly owned for the run home as well. Yeah, I guess the the hope is like he's got a pretty pretty high break even at the moment, 66, but that is hittable. Um for Carrigan on his day. I think the hope is that he does play this week off the bench or something like that, and he only gets, you know, maybe a 20 or a 30. That way his price comes down a little bit because he is at 700K. Actually, speaking of Olaquatu as you were before, his price is exactly the same as uh, Isaiah Papali'i at the moment. So uh, if I was buying either of those two, I'd probably be picking up Papali'i, but it's uh, good to note that uh, Isaiah Papali'i is probably the cheapest at the moment that you've got to get him for this season as well. So um, keep that in mind if you haven't um, got him in your team yet. For sure, yeah. Awesome. So one that I wanted to throw at you as well as a bit of a pod, just to get your opinion on him, is Adam Dewey for the for the Tigers. So historically, <laughs> when he's played in the halves, he's scored well. Generally, he scores 45-plus in the halves. And because he has the goal kicking and in general, play kicking as well. He normally takes a lot of kick meters. Um, his scores can actually be quite good. The problem is that the Tigers just don't look good at, at, at all at the moment. So that's one thing going against him. But with his price at, you know, 513K currently, I think his break even is still up in the 70s. So he's still got a lot of cash to lose, especially I don't think he's going to hit that this week. Um, what are your thoughts on him? I am avoiding Adam Dewey. Okay. Um, yeah. First reason is he's still going to lose you a lot of cash, I think. Second reason, the Tigers have looked pretty awful. <laughs> and then a third, I think, if you listen to NRL Physio and what he says about people coming back from ACL, uh, ACL injuries, usually takes them with the exception of Pat Carrigan, like a half a season or, you know, five to 10 games to kind of like get back into their like prime form, I guess. So even though they can still play at an NRL standard, they're still like a little bit behind the pace. I think Adam Dewey's going to suffer from that at least a little bit, especially because his game is so reliant on kind of speed and uh, breaking tackles and things like that, I think. So, yep. Yeah, one that I'm not looking at. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I'm going to keep him on the radar just to see how he goes. And if he, I mean, in the halves, if he pumps out a 50 this week and the Tigers get a win against the Panthers, I might just jump on him. He's under 1% owned, so I need to climb some ranks. And 
I'm happy to hitch my wagon to Dewey, I think, for this season. I'm already pretty far out of the top. I'm not even close to the top 1,000 at the moment, so I'm happy to try to gain some rank through Dewey. If yeah, not, hitch your wagon time. Even further back. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, if you're not close to the top 1,000, you need to kind of pick up some pods to somehow get close. So, uh, yeah, he's the way I'm going to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to drop back past 10,000 and just, you know, into obscurity, I guess, for this season. <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, they're the pods that I'm kind of looking at. Unless you have anyone else you want to want to touch on before we get into some fan questions. Uh, no, yeah, let's get into some questions. Awesome. Uh, so first question is from Rory: What to do with Dylan Brown? Uh, let me just get up some stats from Dylan Brown. He's one that I kind of started with, and then really considered him for this this buy round as well. I, yeah, he's had a few leaner weeks and you kind of, he got a 45 against the Tigers. You're probably hoping that he really came through with uh, a big score against some of these lower teams. Yeah, this is kind of a tricky one because we know that he's got the capability to bust out, you know, 80 plus scores. I think at this point I would be holding Dylan Brown unless you can upgrade to one of those like Munster or DCEs quite seamlessly. And I know at least for my team, I've got a lot of other problems. And if I had Dylan Brown, I'd be holding him. Um, so I think this is more of a how your trade's looking luxury trade versus someone that you desperately need to get out of your team. Yeah, I think if you've picked up Dylan Brown, you've kind of come to terms with getting a a good score and then an average score the week after. So um, yeah, probably a hold. And yeah, like you said, unless, unless you've got the trades, just, just keep hold of him for now. A uh, question from Joe, uh, ma'am to DCE and Panasini to Manu thoughts on that trade or those trades. Uh, yeah. I don't mind ma'am to DCE. I think I'm looking at keeping ma'am just to have as probably my, 18th player at this stage because I know he can hit those kind of big scores, but he can also, you know, get in the 30s. So uh, I don't mind keeping him, but then if you can upgrade him to someone better, that's obviously unreal as well. Manu is a bit of a tricky one. I think there's a lot of other players that I would be considering ahead of Manu. Guys like... uh, I guess it depends if you're playing him in the wing of fullbacks. I guess Penasini to Manu, probably center. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's probably a couple of other centers that I'm more interested in versus Joey Manu. Uh, guys like Jesse Ramian are quite interesting to me. Or, and you probably already have Burden, if not Aitken. I really like Talakai for the run home as well. <laughs> And, and hoping even post origin, yeah. <laughs> even post origin, yeah. Which uh, even though I was bagging him in the group chat after he came on for about five minutes, I was like, "All right, New South Wales is going to lose now that Talakai's playing second row." Miss tackles deluxe in the second row, but um, at center when he's running at a when he's running at a half and a, and another the opposing center, he's actually doing okay. <laughs> exactly, and the Sharks have a really nice run home, so. I think he could, uh, yeah, pump out some big scores in the next, what have we got, eight weeks. 
yeah, however long's left. Um, I, I, I do like Manu as a trade, but he's just overpriced at the moment. 717k is a fair enough price when he's in the halves, when he gets his hands on the ball a lot. But when Kiri does come back and he moves back to centre, I just don't think he'll keep those scores up. Like, he's fine for this week. I think he's um, good to get. But I think long-term and towards the... Like, after, I think, probably another one to two rounds, Kiri's probably going to come back in. So Joey Manu will go back to centre and probably lose a lot of cash. His scores will drop a bit and he'll become like second to best kind of centre. So, so like I, I see the centres as uh, Aitken and Burton. They're your obvious keepers in the centres. They're your two favoured centres. And then below that, you've got your Joey Manus, your, um, oh God, what is, else is there? Your Lomaxes, your your other ones like that. Um, Ramian. That yeah, Ramian, you know, the ones that are, are still good and will get good scores, but not, you know, amazing. Just kind of, yeah, just kind of plotters, right? Like you like Campbell Graham was, I mean, he was a bit of a gun. He was getting close to being keeper status before he, you know, um, got injured. But yeah, they're, they're just kind of plotters, those other ones that get good scores, but not great scores. But uh, other than that, Mam to DCE, I'm pretty happy with Mam to DCE, to be honest. If you can, if you've got enough cash to do that, I think that's fair enough. Mam will probably, he'll probably make cash for one more week and then he'll become a sell unless you want to hold him for the run, run home. But um. Yeah, if you're just using him as a cash cow, he'll be a sell eventually. Otherwise, yeah, he's he's worth a hold because he does he does have games where he does play quite well, gets plenty of attacking stats and scores tries and whatnot, and can crack a forty or a fifty on his day. For sure, yeah. And I think the Broncos, well, they play the Titans this week as well, so you could see him having yeah. a pretty decent game this week. Absolutely, and kind of I guess leading off this, uh, the talk of. Uh, like who trading ma'am to DCE. Um, Cal asks Munster or DCE if you could only get one. Well, I know you're probably going to say DCE. And yep. I think I would agree with you just because DCE has that base. Storm have looked a little bit shaky the last few weeks, which I'm not losses. sure how that's going to affect. Yeah, which doesn't really happen for the Storm. I'm not sure how that's going to affect Munster when he comes in. But. I think Munster's a pretty good buy as well. I can imagine the Storm bounce back and probably, yeah, start to, I guess, put teams to the axe in these last couple of weeks as they try and hit forms running into the finals. So I do think Munster's a decent buy as well. Yeah, I think Munster could probably crack a few good scores, but I think just consistency-wise, you know, kick meters, um, tackles, whatnot, um, DCE seems like the... The all-rounder kind of half that'll get you good stats every week. Yeah, with no Tommy Turbo, he's just such like a big part of that, or usually yeah. is anyway. But he's such a massive part of the attack. So, absolutely. Plus, Manly have looked okay without without Tommy. So, um, they're fighting for yeah. that eight. But hope DCE lifts and uh, yeah, continues to find our good scores. Yeah, to be honest, Garrick's kind of filling the role quite well uh, and other than the other week when he had that um hip pointer injury um and he he was hobbling along he actually kind of looked pretty good um at the back yeah i agree good for manly uh next question from Lockie. uh trade penasini to tass as my backup center on my emergency yeah you're probably a better person to answer this as a penasini owner you've had the the ups and i guess the downs last week of him 
But uh, yeah, I don't mind doing that. It'll obviously free up a bit of cash for you so you can upgrade elsewhere. If it's your kind of last center position and it's more of a depth, um, I don't mind that because I think TAS is going to be a solid option over the next, I guess, run home if he holds that spot. Um, the only danger is, as we've seen before, you might think, you know, we all thought he was going to kind of hold this position for for long term, and then he didn't. So there's that risk that you're taking if you go down that route. But I think the the rabbits. I just have a feeling now that Latrell's back, they're going to start to hit a bit of form. Yeah. Um, so I think Tass will be a beneficiary of that if he remains in the squad. Yeah, I reckon if you have the trades, Lockie, that's a fair trade. Go and Panacea to Tass. It opens you up uh, 120k in cash, and you've got Tass, who's a pretty consistent center scorer as long as he holds that spot. Uh, Panasini, I don't see as a must trade. Like, if you've got low trades and you you have to have an extra center, like, he's my third center behind Burton and um, Aitken at the moment, um, Panasini, and I'm pretty comfortable holding him for the run home at the moment just because... He is a proven 30, you know, mid-30s plus scorer. Um, the last couple of weeks, I think, are just outliers. He'll he'll come back to scoring well. He's just such a good defensive centre that he gets through plenty of base stats, which is, I mean, what you want from centres. Obviously, you want the attacking stats, but you you want a centre that's going to score you, you know, 35-plus most weeks, um, which I think Panasini can do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But I don't mind it. Yeah, Tass kind of frees up 120K, which is, which is nice to upgrade from, you know, those mid-ranges to maybe a gun. Uh, next question from uh, Christian. Kiraz to Kennedy and McInnes to Cook. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. If you can somehow squeeze in Damien Cook, he's the most expensive player at the moment, which yeah. is kind of crazy that he's overtaken Hines and – or maybe he hasn't taken – is he the most expensive at the moment? I think he is, yeah. I think he's the most expensive player at the moment at 920. Five. Oh, what's what's Cleary at? Sorry, nine thirty-three. So yeah, well, look, he's he's basically one of the most expensive players. He's eight k short. Yeah, he's been unreal. Uh, very glad that I've picked him up in all of my draft leagues somehow, and <laughs> he's yeah chugging along nicely. If you can somehow squeeze him in this week, I think he should have a pretty good bounce back week from Origin because he didn't play. Uh, that whole game, obviously, where he came on the last like thirty-five-ish minutes, thirty minutes. Yeah. So he should be decently fresh. The when uh, are the Rabbitohs play as well? Yeah, oh, he played last game of the round. So with only with only thirty minutes and yeah, last game he he'll play last for game sure. Rounds. Yeah. So yeah, if you can squeeze him in any way this week, I think he's a really good good trade and. I know for me, I was, well, I listened to the podcast yesterday and I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to go Nanai to, to Murray this week. That's going to work perfectly. And then head knock, yep. which is <laughs> Ruins made me uh, reconsider. Origin. Yeah. So maybe I'll see if I can do something crazy and get Cook in for this week. But I think he's, it's just hard because he's so much at the moment. Yeah, he's on the up as well. He's his last two games, he's had two tries, um, well a try each game. An 80, 85 against the Dragons, seventy four against the against the Eels. So obviously he's on the up. 
but at some point he'll probably come down a little bit and maybe be a bit more affordable because 920k, it's not easy to fit that into your squad without dropping a few guns, unfortunately. Yeah, how different do you see Cook and Grant for the run home? I think Cook is probably maybe a five-point average higher scorer than Grant, Um, but I think Grant is pretty close, to be honest, and Grant will be playing 80 minutes I think on the run for the run home. So I I think he's like your budget uh hooker Grant compared to Cook who's your obvious premium hooker. Just Grant gets uh, like obviously Harry Grant's a very attacking hooker but Grant uh Cook gets through a lot more base stats than Grant does, I think. Yeah. That's yeah, I think that's right. It's it's hard to say who's going to I think Cook is showing this season that he's the best hooker for fantasy purposes, but um, yeah, I think Harry Grant could be quite close to him for that run home. So yeah, one to consider if you want to save yourself, yeah, (laughs) a little bit of money. Absolutely. Especially with Cook, as you were saying, having like a few kind of fluctuating weeks with, with tries, which doesn't usually happen. Um, But then also you could see that continuing with hopefully Latrell coming back and sparking the, the rabbits into some form coming into finals. Cook could also be a beneficiary of that. Yeah, they just need to keep Latrell on the park, I think, at this point, the the bunnies. Um, next question, uh, what to do with Haas and May? Good question. Good question. Yeah, I'm in a bit of a tricky spot this week, which probably a lot of fantasy coaches are, where I'm actually... I don't have 17 for this week at the moment. Um, that is a that is a spot you're in. <laughs> with uh, you know, Cleary out, Nanai out, Haas out. Uh, so I think I'm going to have to trade either Nanai or Haas, which I'm not really looking forward to. But I think I'm going to have to do it to just get that 17th player on the park. I'm glad that Talakai got named. Otherwise, I would have been with 16 and maybe had to do both or you know, somehow upgrade for Leo or one of these other guys. My advice would be try and get as, like, you need to have 17 on the on the field if you're playing for ranks. Obviously, if you're head-to-head, it might not be as important for you to get 17 on the park, depending on who you're playing, depending on where you're sitting on the ladder, etc. Um, and you can potentially hold those trades until you're, finals if you're looking like you're in a good spot for head-to-head i know a few people have been asking about that on the instagram but um yeah if you're playing for ranks i think you need to get 17 players in and if that means you have to trade a Haas uh or a may well may's playing this week but if you have to trade a Haas, i think it's a pill you're gonna have to swallow even though you've held him for this for this long i don't mind the move going to somebody who's gonna play this week and get you that extra number yeah, that's fair enough. I think I'm I'm holding Haas and I'm in the Haas hold camp for sure. But Taylor May, I think he's he's similar to Penasini where he kind of just plods along, but May kind of relies on a lot more attacking stats to get to get to his kind of better scores. So um this week he'll be fine. They're playing against the Tigers, he should score well. But uh long term he's definitely one that you can upgrade because his uh when he doesn't get attacking stats, especially when he plays a team 
you know, like they've they've actually got some top four teams on their run home. The Panthers, I think they play they play the Storm, the Sharks, and the Cowboys. I think on their run home, so um, they will play a few top teams. So one that you may be looking to upgrade to a gun if you can, not necessarily have to. He can be one that you kind of hold just because he is so um, versatile. You can have him as a center or a winger fullback. So um, he's not one that you must trade because you can kind of use him um, as a bench player. When you when you need him, say someone gets injured in the run home, your your gun fullback, say a Hines or a or a I don't know whoever you have, Teddy Pappenhausen, Garrick, whatever, um, he kind of fills that gap quite nicely. Yeah, and I, I will say in his defence, he did have 186 run meters last week, which is or in round 16, which is pretty good. Yeah, huge. Um, and even though. You know, we like to say, oh, you know, they rely on their attacking stats, etc. He has scored a try when it averages out. He scored a try every game. Um, <laughs> so he's, like, even though you can't, like, really count on that, you know, he's obviously got a pretty good try scoring resume where he, he usually gets one. So, um, yeah, I think, well, I don't have the luxury of kind of upgrading him. So I'm going to keep him and he'll probably be my, yeah, last center, like a, hopefully an emergency center winger that I can kind of loop or yeah. if someone gets injured, he's a pretty good, a pretty safe backup option to sub in. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, last question from James. Um, thoughts on Isaiah Papali'i? I guess I guess this comes from the fact that, you know, Papali obviously had a good game um, last round with a 67, but the games before that still played close to, you know, close to 80 and only scored in the, you know, the 40s to 50s mark. So, um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a questionable one. I still think he's, he's a gun and kind of a must have in every team for the run home, but Obviously, some people are a bit worried. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think he's he's a gun. I'm actually, as it stands at the moment, have him as my captain this week, doubling down um, and going a bit of a pod route. Hopefully, he uh, puts on a clinic this week against the Warriors. Uh, I think now that he's moved to the edge as well, I think there was a few games in those medium scores that he was at lock, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, I think him running on an edge at some of those small halves and um, other second rows is is where his kind of best scores are at. And, yeah, I think he's pretty close to a must-have. Yeah, absolutely. Righto, Josh, that's all our questions, mate. Um I'm, I know you're looking forward to the Cowboys Sharks game, and I kind of am too, to be honest. That'll be a pretty big game, to be honest. Um, the Sharks obviously need to to win to kind of keep in the top four, and you guys just need to win because you're missing a few players, obviously. So, um, yeah, should be a very a cracking game. Yeah, it would be a pretty nice one if they could somehow get home. I don't think the Cowboys are just because, I literally their whole team played Origin. It felt like. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I think I might have to even media blackout so I don't uh, 
see the scores and watch the replay later tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a bit hard for you. I think that game's at around like 3 a.m. your time, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. much as I love Rough. the Cowboys. Not uh, that much. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> hard to derail the whole day to watch the Cowboys game and then go to work. So, yeah. Righto. Well, hopefully uh, Isaiah Papali'i pulls through for you. I know for my captain, I'm probably going to stick to Hines this week. Just uh, just the safe option, I think. <laughs> I think I'm still in an area where I can still make the top thousand, but um, I don't think I'm going to get higher than that. I don't know. What are you, what are you looking like um, you're going to finish at? Where, what rank do you think you're going to actually? Yeah, I'm uh, trying to push that top thousand as well. I had a bit of a clawback last week. Uh, I'm kind of, yeah, sitting around the 2000-ish mark. But the main thing is I'm a few spots ahead of you for the moment. So as long as I can keep are. that up for the end of the season, then, uh, you know, bragging rights going into the, the preseason for next year, that's that's kind of where I'm at for the for the. Uh... It's, all, it's all about bragging rights, right? It's all about holding it over someone. As long as you beat Daniel in everything, that's uh, <laughs> the prerequisite. As long as Daniel doesn't win the draft league or he doesn't beat you in fantasy, it's... At least, you know, a pass oh. mark on the year. Mate, I'm not close to winning our draft league this year. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, uh, thanks, Josh. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. Good luck, everyone.